The market ends the first quarter of 2023 on a positive note, but the U.S. is concerned that OPEC will hurt the fight against inflation. Plus, the WWE and UFC under one corporate roof, and an Arizona man unknowingly rents his house to a famous entertainer. Your market moment starts now. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. The hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Welcome to the Market Moment. I'm Lee Mackey here with Eli Freeman and Matt Walters. Everybody have a good weekend? Yeah, it was good. Watch a little ball. (laughs) Hung out with the family, mowed the yard. I've already mowed my yard three times. Have you really? Yeah. It, this man. time of year, it takes off, man. Well, I tell you what, pollen is in the air. You know, we we spent a good bit of time yesterday outside, and our patio furniture has that nice film oh, yeah. of, mm-hmm. my, and my eyes feel like they're constantly glazed over with something. But anyway, Eli, did you play any golf this weekend? This was the first weekend of nice golf. We we played <laughs> up in up in Bella Vista, and it's the first round coming back. And so you, you just know that several balls are going to be flying way too far left or way too far right. But it turned out to be a pretty pretty nice day. Well, it it is a great time of year. Basketball's winding down. The Masters, this is Masters mm-hmm. week, so golf on television for the weekend. And I think we, we're all in unison. This will come out after the game, but we're recording on Monday. We're all in unison that UConn is going to win by 15. Is that my, the... my pick is UConn by at least in double digits. I'd say. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. Yeah, they. I don't even think they've been tested Mm-mm. yet in the tournament. So, all right, getting to some good news, positive news to start the week. The first quarter of 2023 is officially over, guys. It's hard to believe that 2023 is. No, it's 20, April. I know. I mean, it feels like it's January 1st. Correct. The three major indices are all saw returns in the green. The Nasdaq was up 17 percent in the first quarter. The S&P 500 was up a little over seven, and the Dow bringing up the rear, they were up just around 1%. Guys, good first quarter. What do you make of it? It, it is a good first quarter, but if you look at the returns that we saw just in the first quarter, we still haven't made up what we lost in the Not beginning to the middle of 2022. So this is it's what we speak about where after we see large drops you'll you can expect to see this in some time frame not to say that this is going to hold for for the rest of the year. But it's it's good especially the Nasdaq cuz the Nasdaq was down what was it down 30, 30, 30 Yeah, 30 the Dow something. and the Dow wasn't down a whole lot last year. Mm-hmm. So it's it's flat for the year basically. And so I mean kind of what on paper should have happened has happened to start the quarter coming off of a rough year last year. You know, still a lot of headwinds out there, kind of, I guess you could call them, but um, but still a good start to the quarter. You'd rather have this kind of start to the year than the, op- you know, the opposite after coming after, you know, after a bad year last year. You know, I think that's exactly right. And I think, too, one of the things that hurt the Dow was financials, you know, in, in the S&P 500, the financial crises, if you want to call it that, over the past several weeks. And the benefactor, believe it or not, was 
the tech heavy NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. I mean, people actually took money out of, you know, what we would consider to be more stable investments, you know, banks, mm-hmm. regional banks, large money center banks, and they put their monies in companies like Apple. Mm-hmm. And so they were looking for a little more safety, if you will, for companies with strong balance sheets and some of the tech companies that, to Matt's point, that had been beaten up, you know, in all of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um they put some of their money there. Um, so it was interesting, a good quarter to say the least. Um, One thing that's interesting about the quarter is it, it seems like the market is just pricing in that price to earnings is going to increase for companies, that, that companies are going to be able to take these this new higher rate environment and still continue to make more money. And it'll be, I'll be really interested to see if that plays out, especially in the next 12 months. Now, you know, I, I think, what we are really beginning to see is, and, and sadly, it's kind of what the Fed was really looking for, is we're beginning to see layoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a lot of layoffs, you know, in 2022 and early 23 out in California, Silicon Valley, the tech sector. You know, every every week it seemed like Amazon, Google, you know, all of these companies were were laying off tens of thousands of employees because they had hired so many, you know, over the past several years. Well, now it's beginning to hit more of our blue-collar type workers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Google is announcing their cost savings. McDonald's is the one this week that is really in the news as far as, you know, they they sent out a memo to all their employees over the weekend basically telling all their employees to work from home this week, um, it's, or it's at least through Wednesday, um, because they're going to be that's making... their corporate employees. Their corporate employees, <laughs> yeah, not their restaurant. The restaurants will still be open. <laughs> but basically, they're saying, we're going to be making personnel decisions, and we want to let everybody know without ever anybody coming into the office. So things are changing up there. You know, the Fed wanted to see the unemployment rate go up, jobless claims go up. So I think we're beginning to see that aspect of, of this business cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was looking at a chart while, while you guys were talking, you know, going back to the, when the kind of sell off began in the, you know, one, one of 2022, essentially, right. Right. As we turned mm-hmm. in, uh, started the new year in 2022, you know, the NASDAQ's down 20%, S and P's down just under 14 and the Dow's down a little under eight as a whole. And that's with, you know, after the first quarter. Bounce. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of like they're they've recovered in line with how they sold off last year, mm-hmm. and so um, not too much just has changed in that regard. I don't think you can look at the first quarter rally in the Nasdaq and try to make too much out of it. You know, uh, moving forward, other than just it got beat up the worst. You know, and, and I've heard you know there are some people out there that that say that we end the year kind of where we're at right now. You know, and yeah. that would and, mm-hmm. and that would be a decent year. Yeah, sure. You know, for eight percent up in the ab- market. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think there's still this this debate whether or not you know is this the start of a new bull market? Is this more of a a nice bounce and an overall bear market? But I think everybody kind of can agree that we're closer to the end of this bear market than the beginning. And it may be one of those things where we don't know until we look in the rearview mirror when the bull market started versus when it didn't. And so. what's really interesting, we're we're actually going to be recording a podcast here just in the next week or two, kind of looking back over the net, the last three years and what's happened since COVID hit mm-hmm. in financial markets and um, with rates and just everything, right, globally um, and financially, what all has taken place. But I've been, you know, the chart I've been showing clients a lot lately is the 10-year S&P 500. And what's interesting is if you just did like a um, trend line 
over that 10 year period, we're kind of right back almost exactly where we'd be as if like the last three years never happened. And so again, I've reiterated, it's not a case to say the market's going to go up from here or it's going to go down, but you look at everything that's taken place, the lows we had in COVID and then last year, and then the highs we had at the end of 21 and the charts look pretty incredible when you look at them. And we're just kind of right back to where we were or would have been theoretically if you just take that three-year period out. So it's interesting. I think a lot of the chaos, both good and bad, has been kind of flushed out. And it feels like we're more in kind of a sustainable kind of trading range now mm-hmm. going forward. Needless to say, our clients have enjoyed the uh, roller coaster <laughs> yeah. ride that, yeah. that they've been, been on the for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, shifting gears, a little bit of a... A Federal Reserve um, topic, but more pertaining to oil, OPEC may have put some strain on the Federal Reserve after several members decided to slash an additional 1.16 million barrels of oil per day from production until the end of the year. couple notes to keep in mind. OPEC agreed last year to a 2 million barrel per day cut until the end of 2023. OPEC, in addition, says that cuts are precautionary and meant to support stability of the oil market The U.S. government is saying that this will take an inflationary toll on households. Some U.S. officials see this move as a way to help Russia, which is currently under oil sanctions for its invasion of Ukraine. You know, guys, I think, bottom line, oil prices are going up. I think we're going to see it at the pump. Um, You know, I told my family, if you haven't already filled up your tank, do so, because I see it increasing in the coming days and weeks. Um... And the, the the pressure it puts on the Federal Reserve, you know, as far as inflationary cost, mm-hmm. it'll be something we have to wait and see. You know, I think the whole energy kind of conversation kind of goes back to a lot of this is more in our control than we w- some people want to admit. And I think it, it also puts political pressure on the current administration and the upcoming administration, you know, after next year's election to how much are we going to how much of an importance are we going to place on energy security, energy independence? Because um, we have the capacity to, to make up a lot of t- a lot of these cuts that can happen around the world. And you know, if we if we kind of planned for that and and didn't let the political side of things um, get in the way, then I think we could we wouldn't have to worry so much about it. But where we are now, we're kind of in that um, a lot of people wanting to you know drill and do a lot of less and less of this at home, and then these things that happen overseas with OPEC and, you know, it, it, it hurts and it's impactful. It's a big deal. And I don't, I don't, I think that's more in our control than some people want to admit or, um, and, you know, I I wish we would just take care of it. Well, and sadly, like you said, it's become such a political hot potato Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's a middle ground, Sure, but neither side wants to to go that way. So right. it'll be interesting to see. Um, shifting gears again, uh, Eli, this is probably one of your favorite topics <laughs> to talk about. A blockbuster deal in the world of combat sports, both scripted and unscripted. The WWE has announced it is merging with the parent company of UFC to form a new publicly traded company. Endeavor, which owns UFC, will own 51% of the combined company with the WWE shareholders having the remaining 49%. The deal will value WWE at $9.3 billion and the UFC at $12.1 billion. Guys, I'm a little older than you, each of you, but I remember on Saturday mornings 
at around 10 o'clock in the morning watching wrestling on the local NBC affiliate out of Little Rock when it was out of Little Rock in Memphis. And never in a million years did probably any of those guys think that fast forward 20, 30 years from now, this company would be valued at, you know, a combined $20 billion. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy what people will pay to go see and, and the value there. First off, I, I'm not exactly sure why Lee thinks that this is important to me. If, if the wind blows too hard, I fall over. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm six foot and like 120 sitting over here. So I, I have nothing to do with WWE. But it is interesting to think about professional sports now has turned into such a business model. You, you think of like the Walt, what was it, Rob Walton that just bought into the Denver Broncos for $4.2 billion. Or something, the, yeah. The money behind these sporting events has just continued to rise. When the Commanders, there's like two $6 billion offers yeah. sitting there at the table for the Commanders. And, you know, the, the whole WWE thing, you know, I've always thought it was fake. So I'm going to just call this fake news, you know, pull a Trump on you. Yeah. But nice. it's crazy to think I've never won, once watched like a W and this isn't, I'm not trying to knock it, but to think that this, this thing's worth almost $10 billion and it's so far off my radar. Well, and you know, every time I see it on the TV that, I mean, the arenas, arenas packed, packed. Yeah. You'll see like clip, you'll see a picture of it or whatever on CNBC or something. And it's like people going crazy. So, I mean, it's, it's the people behind this, the PR organizations, the teams, I mean, they're 100%. Because that's all it is. Vince McMahon and before him, his father, well, they created something that ended up being a phenomenal run company. Anyway, speaking of Vince McMahon, he, who currently is the majority shareholder, says the deal will help both companies. Vince McMahon, who's currently 77, will continue to serve as the executive chairman of the combined company. He bought the company from his father in 1982. Now, last story, I found this over the weekend. I thought this was interesting, and I shared it with you um, earlier this morning, guys. An Arizona man rented out his home for Super Bowl week in February, only to later find out that the renter of his home was none other than Rihanna, the entertainer who performed at the Super Bowl halftime show. What was interesting is this 48-year-old cybersecurity expert owns a home in Paradise Valley, which is a very affluent suburb of Phoenix. He got an offer from a real estate company of $500,000 to rent his home for one week. He didn't find out until later after he had signed the lease that the tenant would in fact be Rihanna. The article I read said that his 12-year-old daughter was ecstatic. She thought it was like the greatest thing in the world. Um, he said that the $500,000 that he received in rent for one week is enough to pay his mortgage payment for two years. He says he hasn't even moved back in yet. He said that currently he is receiving multiple offers on his home. So so while you were talking, Lee, I, I calculated 500000 for two years of mortgage. That's an almost $21,000 a month mortgage yeah they, and they they indicated that his home i think was worth around six or seven, seven million yeah. I mean, he's probably got so, a four million dollar note yeah, on it something yeah. like that so it makes sense it makes a lot of money not to discount that but but yeah half a million dollars for a week that I mean, would I could, um i would think the half a million would easily um fund his staying at any number of resorts you know <laughs> during his inconvenience i'd stay at a holiday inn for a week absolutely for half a absolutely bucks. i'd go buy another house somewhere for a half a million. But anyway, guys, anything you want to add this week as we 
begin the first day of the second quarter of this year? Nothing too big. I mean, again, this is not to beat a dead horse, but it's kind of same story. It'll be interesting to see what the Fed does, right? And that's what that's been the theme for several quarters mm-hmm. now. Um, I think we're kind of towards the end of that in terms of that being like the major, major headline and the the thing everybody's waiting for, I hope. But, um, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens this quarter. You know, markets, we've seen this little bit of bounce to start the year. Um, feel like we've got a little bit of um, little bit of momentum going into the second quarter. You know, we didn't end the we didn't end last year with really a lot of a ton of positive momentum. Mm-hmm. So we're starting this quarter better off from a momentum perspective than we did the last. And so just kind of looking at those things, seeing how those um, how those continue. And you know, like Lee said earlier, I think we're we're pretty optimistic about the rest of the year. Doesn't mean we think the market's going to be twenty percent higher, but uh, but. You know, some of the headwinds, there's still some out there, but some of the ones that were out have been out there for the last 12, 15 months have feel like they're they're um, slowly dissipating. Yeah, well, starting we, to settle. We've got five weeks before the Fed meets again, so there's plenty <laughs> of data yep. for them to take in, digest, interpret. Um, I think many people feel like there might be one more. Um, it would probably come in May, and then hopefully they sit tight for a while, but... Mm-hmm. Again, the next Fed meeting is May second and third. I worked at a company before Mach One that my boss he would always he would always refer to something and he called it stay at a seven. And I think it when you think of investing, it's actually a pretty good example of of what you should do when you're investing. And it, it, he was talking about your emotions. If the market is just soaring, a lot of people get on a on a ten. They're super excited. They're ready to throw money at it. They're they're excited about the returns they're getting. And then when the market crashes, they go all the way down to a one. Right. Well. As investors, moments like this where NASDAQ's up 20%, you want to go to a 10 and you want to start throwing your money at, at the NASDAQ. Well, staying at a 7 means that you're optimistic, you're, you're hopeful for the future, but you're not really being sw- swayed one way or another or you're too high or too low. Stay at a 7. Stay at a 7. Yeah. At a seven. <clears throat> As we always like to do, we like to end each podcast with a quote. So we'll leave you with this one today. Success is getting what you want. Happiness is wanting what you get. That is from the novelist W.P. Kinsella. I like that. Let's have a happy week, guys. Look forward to seeing y'all next week on The Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-onefinancial.com disclosures.